Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our VP of Operations, Amanda, and our special guest, Robin Sachs. So we've got a really great show for you today. We're going to be talking about how smart women can get out of their own way so that they can show up with real confidence, less stress, and accomplish more. So who we've got to talk about this is Robin. So Robin is a confidence performance coach. She's a professional speaker, author, and motivator. And I have to tell you, her creds are so amazing. So (laughs) let me just share some of that. Um, Robin has facilitated personal and professional development workshops internationally for companies including Microsoft, Panera, and American Greetings. Her professional experience includes being an on-air talent for NBC and ABC affiliate networks, or network affiliates, let me get that right. Um, And she's an award-winning journalist, and she's also uh, a trained Emmy Award nominee, or she's trained them, and an an Emmy Award winner. So that's pretty amazing. Uh, Her clients for coaching range from young athletes to Fortune 500 executives. And Robin's book, Get Off My Bus, How to Get Clarity. I'm going to look at my notes. Get in the driver's seat and get moving in your life was nominated for a Small Business Trends Small Business Book of 2010. So, wow, what an amazing uh, bio, Robin. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to have this conversation. Oh, Lynn, Amanda, thanks for the invite. I'm excited to share some hopefully great things with your audience. Uh, We are definitely looking forward to it. And for all of you who are joining us for the first time, hey, take this moment to hit subscribe. And while you're there, share the love and click all five stars for our review. And uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And let's get right to it. So, Robin, I mean, obviously, just from reading your bio, you've had an incredible career. Um, So, but I'm curious, how did you get into confidence uh, and performance coaching? And can you sort of walk us through that journey? Be happy to, Um, you know, like, like so many other people, like most of us, I think it's not a matter of how you got from A to B, but how you got from A to B to C to D to E to F to G. And, you know, while you're going through that journey, it doesn't always look clear. It doesn't make sense. But when you look backwards, it's always fascinating how you just can pick little pieces out that you realize were always who you were. It was always the same value you brought to the table, even when you didn't feel like you were bringing value to the table and how you start to see how things kind of interconnect. And that that to me is fascinating because one of the things that trips us up so much in, in our lives is that we look at this moment and how did I get here? but we don't always answer the question or what should I do now? I feel stuck, but we don't think beyond the question. And so when you kind of look back like a detective through your life, you see very obvious things that you go, why didn't I see that at the moment? And for me, you know, just, just kind of to highlight a few of those points. uh, When I was younger, all through high school and into college, I, I was an athlete. I was always involved in sports Um, team sports of various kinds. Um, Looking back, I was always a captain. I was always kind of a leadership role, even if it was just leading by example, because I was doing things I loved. It wasn't because I thought, well, let me be the top person. Let me be the captain. Let me be the leader. 
looking back, it was because I did things I really loved. And when we do that, we do them really well. And we also want to bring other people along for the ride and encourage them and motivate them. And so that whole sports thing for me, looking back, was something that was interesting. That that was always who I was in a certain area of my life. I also, when I was younger, I, I did a lot of plays. I did um, both on stage and behind the scenes. I loved doing theater stuff. I was always writing skits and little plays and things like that. Never wanted to be an actor, never wanted to be a, a playwright or a screenwriter, anything like that. But that writing thing, I realized looking back, was all about two things. One, creating stories, going in your mind and just creating things out of nothing. You know, looking at different personality types, because those were always characters and what conflict looked yeah. like and how do you resolve yeah. conflict and how do you do it in, in either a humorous way or, you know, just you've got to think outside the box, so to speak, or just get rid of the box completely to do that. And so that type of thinking, again, looking back, I realized was always part of who I was. Um, you know, a, another piece of it was I, I spent approximately six months in corporate America at one point jumping in and going, hey, I'm going to do what everyone does and get a good job. And I know I can get in and rise up the ladder. And I think maybe three or four hours into day one, I went, oh, corporate is not for me, <laughs> at least not from within. Um, and instead of kind of pushing through that because I thought I should or something like that, I went, no, this isn't me. And started immediately making steps to go, this isn't it, cross it off the list. What should I do? What is my life? What What is the value I bring? And so when I got into broadcasting, uh, one of the things that I, I had noticed was it kind of brought back a lot of what the, the doing plays did for me, where it was getting in front of people, not so much again, like to act or to perform. Yeah. But what I realized at that point was the thing I loved about getting in front of people and talking was that it made them think. And again, it was one of the things I had always kind of thought things that I thought, well, this is how everybody thinks. This is how everyone looks at stuff, because, right, how we think is how we think everyone thinks. And when they don't, we go, what? what's wrong with you? <laughs> and what I noticed was the thing that was so amazing to me was that you could get in front of people. You could say things or present things, not even with an opinion or with a hard, this is what I think. And you'd have people go huh, I never thought about it that way. And that became kind of what I realized I had always done for other people, what I had always done myself. And then, of course, my next thought was, well, what is that? There's no job that's that. What is? What do you do with that? How do you make money at that? I can't, that doesn't exist. And so, of course, went through, you know, D and E and F to figure out at some point that the, the turning point and where I realized, aha, wait a minute, I can make this, uh, make a living doing this, and I can share these things and help people. And that looks like coaching, that looks like training, those types of things. That moment came when um, I was about six, five, six years, about six years into my broadcasting career. And because I had been on air where I was, uh, I was often asked to like MC events or do that type of thing in the area. And every time I would emcee an event, I would sort of have this little conversation that I was doing, I think, to keep my sanity. 
because the the news business by that point had had really begun to rub me the wrong way from a a value standpoint. Um, and basically what I would say was, let me tell you some secrets about the news. Every time you listen to a newscast, I don't care what kind it is, don't ever listen to what they're saying. Listen to what they're not saying. Because the other side of everything they're telling you is actually the story. And so, for example, is something as simple as the weather forecast. The meteorologists will always say partly cloudy. They'll almost never say partly sunny. They'll always tell you there's a 20% chance of rain. And of course, what do we all do? Oh, great, it's gonna, although you're in Seattle, so that probably is a silly thing maybe for you, I don't know. <laughs> in the Midwest, you get a 20% chance of rain, but they'll never say there's an 80% chance of sun, right? You know, the unemployment rate is 10%, but at no point do we ever stop and say that the unemployment rate is, or the, the employment rate is 90%. Right. And again, it, it's everything news wise is negatively bent and no judgment, just awareness. There's a whole psychology to that of what draws our brains in, and it's often the negatively bent things. So every time I would talk about that, I noticed that people would come up. I'd have a dozen people come up and say, I never thought about that. But like everything in my life I'm surrounded with is like that. And if I only have part of the story, I don't have the story. And so all these choices and decisions that I'm making are based on this part of information. And I've never even stopped to think that there's this part of information here, too. Right. And that kind of changed things. And that that's when I went, whoa, I need to figure out what this looks like, because that is me. That is what I need to be doing. That is what I love doing. I do it well. And. There are people who go, I don't think like that, but I love that. It changed something for me. And right. so moved back home to Cleveland, which is where family and friends were, and uh, jumped into every speaking gig I could possibly get. If I could get 10 people and, and whatever, and I would get in front of them. And I just started kind of honing it and playing with it and telling that story and, and seeing where it went and having those conversations. Um, and it took probably two years of doing that to really start to put, be able to put it together and go, here's what this looks like. And I'll never forget the, the first day somebody called me and said, hey, somebody saw you speaking. They work for me. We have a convention in Atlanta uh, next March or whatever it was. Uh, we'd like you to speak. How much do you charge? And of course, my brain was going, because we always have conversations as we're trying to figure out what to say. My brain was going, Someone's going to pay you. I have no idea. What do I even say? I don't know what that means. So I fumbled kind of through the, you know what? Why don't you email me some of the details? By end of day, I'll have a proposal to you. And then I got on the phone, called everyone I had ever known that ever got paid to speak ever and said, what do I do? And as I wrote the email with an amount, I had all these amounts and I picked dead one in the middle and I sent it off and I thought nobody's ever going to pay me to come talk. And 10 minutes later, I had an email saying, great, we'll make travel arrangements. Book it, put it on your calendar. And I went, <laughs> and, it, you know, another one of those instances of just everyone's got a value. Everyone's got something amazing to share that can help change other people's lives. But if we don't get out of our own way and give ourselves permission to find out what that is and go for it, you know, think of all the things that don't ever get out into the world because, <laughs> We don't take that step or don't even think about it. 
So long story long, that's there's there's where I'm coming from. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's a very entertaining story. And I think it's, it's, it's got so much reflection, self-reflection in all those, you know, you, the, the decisions that you make along the way. Um, and then you can go back a year later and you go, oh, you know, that was a, a, at the time, it didn't seem like it was a turning point, but it was. Um, it's, it is, it's a fascinating story of, and, you know, it's just going to continue on. I can't wait to see where you go from here. <laughs> Yeah, I agree completely. So you talked about getting in, in your own way. In what ways do smart people tend to get in their own way? Why do we overthink or become so stressed? Well, uh, Amanda, I'm going to grab one of the words you just used there, overthink. Yeah. We overthink everything, which is which is fascinating. Again, it's one of those odd things that as adults we don't realize we do. Because as adults, we label overthinking sometimes as I'm doing my homework. I'm doing my due diligence. I'm thinking of all the scenarios, so I'm prepared. We put different words on it. But if you really think about so much of the stuff that we need to make choices or decisions about, how much extra work we did for things that never happened and and probably things that never would have happened. And so I, I think one of the ways that smart people in particular do get in their ways, we you just overthink everything. And, uh, and not only that, but again, mislabel it as something positive and something that serves us instead of something that really is kind of pulling us off track a lot. Um, and, and, you know, probably one of the, the, the most common ways that we do that is really in our own heads with our self-talk. Uh, self-talk is is probably in my mind the biggest rock that people trip over when they get in their own way. And, and we put the rock. Oh, that's Sophie, by the way. If you just heard Sophie in the back, you might hear her occasionally. Um, we have a Lucy. Sophie is uh, a cousin's dog who stays with us sometimes when they're out of town. We have the world's quietest beagle, which is wonderful. Sophie, not so much. So I'll. I'll you might hear from Sophie as well sometimes. Um, but, you know, when, when we talk about self-talk, we, we put these rocks in our own path constantly. And the way that we do that is, it, again, we, we overthink. But from a self-talk standpoint, that overthinking becomes self-criticism. And if you really think about that voice in our own head that we all have, and I say all because it's it's amazing to me whether I'm working with an entry level salesperson right out of college or I'm working with the CEO of a company. Every one of us has that voice. And you might think, right, some people might think as people go up the ladder, so to speak, or become more successful, whatever that means to you, that that voice quiets. And actually, in some cases, that voice gets louder. And, and the reason that voice is there and why it potentially can get louder sometimes as you have more success uh, with things like imposter syndrome and, and so forth is because we're critical of ourselves because we truly want to show up in a knowledgeable, confident and competent way. And so that voice becomes kind of, you know, the bully almost or the, you know, the, the person, you know, with the little whip, hey, stand up straight. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. No, don't say that. What are they going to think of you? And, and constantly is just kind of poking the bear, so to speak. 
And that's not helpful for things that really help us bring our value and help us show up in confident, competent ways, which are things like calm and being in control of ourselves and being comfortable with having conversations with people and those types of or presenting all of those things that actually get us those things go away when we do the self-talk thing that we think is trying to get us to that. So if that convoluted thing made sense, you know, we get in our own way more than anyone else does, more than any other people, more than any other situations. And the beauty of that, I think, is that's the only thing I have total control over. There are some shifts that I can make with that self-talk voice to quickly get out of my way. Um, and, you know, to, to give kind of a, a real world example of that, of how our self-talk puts us in not real good positions. Um, let's say we're driving down the street and uh, it's morning and everything's been fine. And all of a sudden someone cuts in front of us and we have to slam on our brakes. <laughs> At that moment in time, there are two possible responses. There are really no more if you think about it. And we all either do this or we know someone who does this. We slam on our brakes and all too often response number one is you so-and-so and we yell and scream and get all, and we get so worked up so quickly that sometimes we even need to pull up next to the person so we can just look at them. Stare at the person, right? And then it might make me even more angry because they're not looking at me because they they don't know anything happened. I was in a blind spot. They're just going. In those moments, there was a choice made. There was a choice, and we don't even think about it because it's kind of subconscious. We've created habits after doing things a certain number of times. What just happened is that person wasn't the person who cut me off. That person, or I'm sorry, they cut me off. That person isn't the person who created my stress. My choice of how I reacted or responded to it is what created yeah. my stress. I put me in fight or flight, not that person, because my second choice could have been slam on my brakes and gone, glad I was paying attention yeah. and just move on with my day. Yeah. And so, yeah. And we have those choices all day, every day. And until we start to become aware of what we're thinking, what we're saying, pay attention, be in the moment and start to do things a little differently that I can control. We tend to react instead of respond. And when we react, we're completely out of control when it comes to stress, when it comes to thoughts, overthinking, getting angry, all those things. When we choose to respond. Which sometimes the difference is one breath. It's it's that simple and quick. Sometimes we're in control now when we can make different choices. And again, we can be in control of us. And when we're in control of us, we're in control of situations. We can manage other people better. Um, and, and that's really where that that being comfortable with you and, and confident and, and all those other things come across. It's it's that moment that we make choices like that. Yeah, I've, I've named that negative Nelly and negative Ned. Um, and, and, you know, the thought distortions that come out of that, um, that it is, it's so true. And what you're talking about is that uh, uh, on different sort of scenarios, fight, flight, or finesse. And the finesse is where you choose to respond. Um, and, you know, and, and, and instead, you know, just sort of put that different spin on it. Boy, I'm glad I was paying attention while I'm driving. Uh, how important it is to be aware 
And, you know, I'm sort of sad for that person. They're probably going to kill themselves one of these days or somebody else, you know, um, because it's like, okay. And then it's the sort of that in that moment of gratitude of, okay, I'm okay. You know, I, I actually had this happen. Somebody cutting me off, uh, like literally crossing over three lanes of freeway twice when we were in Arizona with my daughter, when I helped her move down there a few months ago, uh, just a month ago. And I mean, at first, it's just so like, oh, my gosh, I mean, they could have killed us, you know. And so that first thought is like, we're OK. You know, I'm grateful that we're OK. And I'm, this is why you have to pay attention all the time when you drive. Be aware. And, you know, my goodness, that person is going someday is they are going to have to live with the consequences of their actions, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and which is really sort of a sad thought but that, you know, um, by being as aware as I can be in, you know, when I'm on the driving, you know, hands on the wheels, phone turned off, um, you know, I'm going to be in a better place to be um, able to re- react, at least in the sense of the driving skills, um, but respond in how I don't get myself Obviously, with my daughter there, I do get a little like anxiety, like, oh, my God, they could have killed both of us. They could have killed my daughter. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, <laughs> but still. And Lynn, you know, a couple of things you just said there is, you know, one of the things that, that we do. And again, this is just this is human. This is human emotion, human behavior, what it does. You know, we always think of what could have happened, but we don't stop and remind ourselves. But it didn't. Yeah. Moving on. Right. Right? And, and that's yeah. that, that second part of the story, which is. Again, it's not that it doesn't induce those emotions and and that reaction or that response, but it's like, okay, I can let it go now. I'm going to give myself permission to remind myself, okay, but it didn't. And, you know, the the car is an easy, a very easy example to use because I think most people, if if you didn't, if it didn't, if that didn't um, um, resonate with you, you might be the one crossing the lane. So just attention. <laughs> most people, right, that resonates with. We can go, oh, yeah, crazy drivers, right? Yeah. Um, we know what we're talking about. But the interesting thing is, and I love what you said, Lynn, paying attention, just being in that moment is what we have to do. Think of how many times in our lives we're not paying attention and we're not in that moment and we're on our phones, right? We don't have our hands on our wheels. And that's, that's exactly right. It's exactly what you were saying is, you know, on the road, that's a great analogy, but in your life, are you keeping your hands on the wheel? If you're not, you're letting everyone else steer you or you don't know where you're going. So let's stop and get some clarity on where are you going? Then we can put your hands on the wheel and let you start driving in that direction. Or how often are we looking at our phone or doing things and just not paying attention. And the more we get back into our lives, the more obvious so many things are, the more answers are sitting right there. We go, the answer was sitting next to me this entire time, but I've been looking out there so long, I missed it, yeah. right? And and like you said, it's it goes back to that overthinking and the self-talk. We get so stuck in these little tunnels of, despair or tunnels of negative thinking or tunnels of places where, you know what, get out, open the door and walk out of the tunnel and just take a look because there's, there's a totally different side to the story right there, right there. And if we don't remind ourselves, step out and take a look for a moment, we always get that half of the story and our stress levels can go up. Our confidence can come down 
and we start thinking things to ourselves that that sometimes aren't aren't even true because we start storytelling so much in our head that we build on the stories that aren't helpful instead of building on the stories that actually serve us very well. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I believe that there's the moment of choice is always there, whether you recognize it or not. Um, that's another point. But in the darkest tunnel that you can be in, you do have a choice. And um, I, I mean, I know from my own personal experience, I mean, you know, my husband was diagnosed with terminal cancer, eventually it killed him. But at that moment, um, I could either have gone down this dark tunnel that this has happened to us and how, you know, and just, but I, or I could, you know, but, and I did throw a two week pity party. Don't get me wrong. But um, I did recognize that I had a choice. I, I just so believe in the power of choice that we all have the dis- cho- ability to make a new decision at any time. And I chose that, you know, everyone's going to die. That's a natural part of life. But what are we going to do with that time? How are we going to make the most of that time? How are we going to create memories? That was the path I chose. So even in the darkest of times, we have a choice. And sometimes it is you have to face your biggest fear, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose, you know, you know, the love of my life. Well, you still can make that choice and choose a better path for yourself, you know, so that you can um, really embrace um, so many wonderful things that come out of that. So sorry, I don't want to get maudlin here. <laughs> but what know, you're and- saying just rings so true to me. Um, and I know how tough it can be for people that they're in a bad situation and they don't see that they do have a choice. And sometimes it can be hard to make that choice. Um, but, you know, but they do have that power and they need to recognize that they have that power. And especially for women, that we have the power to make a new decision and uh, to make a hard decision um, and, you know, take that right or left turn. Definitely. And, and you know, not even just know that we have the choice, but one, give yourself permission to make it. And two, if you make it, go do it. Right. It, there's that don't get stuck in the thinking about it. And and Lynn, thank you for sharing that. You know, I, I think really what you spoke to was, you know, even in those darkest times, we can spend a lot of time thinking of death. We could also see the other side of it and spend some time thinking about life. Because both of those things are here right now. Yeah. And so, again, there is that whole story again, you know, and, and you 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 termed it a, a pity party, which you were completely <laughs> able to have those two weeks. Don't ever apologize for those. Um, you know, even in kind of things that aren't aren't big things in our lives, because so many little things, especially when they start to pile up create so much stress or start to kind of take knocks at our self-esteem is, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of something I call the vent clock. Okay. And it's it's kind of what you're what you termed that pity party in that moment where, you know, we're human beings. We have to feel it's not about, you know, you have to shut off emotions or be stoic all the time. No, please don't do that ever. <laughs> You've got to let that out. Don't hold it in. But if we're going to let it out when we do, set a limit for yourself. And, and what I do is I, I call it the vent clock. And, you know, when when it's one of those days where just it's somebody I'm stressed to the hilt, 
full of anxiety, you know, overthinking over everything, you know, worried, concerned, nervous, whatever the, the word that, that resonates with you is, you've got to feel those things. Don't just buck up and try and do things, but set a clock. And I always talk about event clock. It's five minutes. Everyone's got their phone, right? We all have a stopwatch <laughs> in our hand 24-7. Hit five minutes. Boom. Vent. Get it out. Talk out loud how unfair this is, how ridiculous this is. I don't like this. Blah, blah, blah. Get it all, all out. When the timer goes off, ding, you're done. And now let's switch our mindset. Let's switch our thinking. Let's switch what we're going to do next to something that helps us move in a different direction. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to let that stuff out and, and something like event, you know, pick up an amount of time. It can be 30 seconds. It could be, I just need to scream like a tribal scream once and then you're fine. It could be a couple of weeks if it's a, if it's a life altering thing. But if we don't kind of set that, end time for ourselves with with things that are stressful the danger is of course we just keep carrying it with us and we don't put it down and then it becomes this baggage um you know i i saw a wonderful demonstration somebody i saw a video i honestly don't know who to attribute this to i thought it was brilliant uh it looked like a, a professor or a teacher in front of a class and they they had a cup of water and they said, how much do you think this cup of water weighs? And the class, I don't know, a few ounces, half a pound, maybe a pound, it's full, I don't know. And he said, well, it doesn't really matter the weight of this water because I can put this water down at any time. But what if I held on to this, let's say it's half a pound. What if I held on to this water for two hours? What would happen? And the students, of course, said, well, well it would get heavier. Your arm would start to ache. Yeah, what if I held on to it for nine hours? How about a day? How about three days? How about a week? It only is going to get heavier and heavier and heavier until you have no choice in the matter. Your arm is going to fall down and drop the water. And he says, you know, this cup is like stress. You can pick it up and sometimes somebody just hands it to you. You don't have a choice. But if you just sit there and carry it with you and carry it with you and carry it with you, it's going to get heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier. And the one thing you always need to know is you can put the cup down. <laughs> Even if you're going to pick it back up again at some point, you've got to put the, the cup down at some point or it's only going to get heavier. If you put it down, you're perfectly fine again. Your hand is OK. You can use it and you might need to pick it up. But at least put it to the side, put it somewhere for a moment and and let's refocus. Let's see if we can move here. Let's see the other side. Let's go just do something to take our mind off. We can come back to it if we need to. But kind of taking those those I don't want to call them breaks, giving yourself permission to put this here for a moment, compartmentalize it and go do this is is one of the healthiest things you can do no matter what's going on. And often when we do that, when we come back to this, what, what typically happens then? It's not as heavy as it was before. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes just allowing ourselves to remove ourselves from that for a moment, we come back with a different, a, a clearer head, a different experience. We're in a different place emotionally. We're in a different place mentally. And sometimes we all of a sudden can do things here we couldn't if we hadn't put it down at some point. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a great analogy. Um, I like that one. And I like what you said earlier about the uh, 
vent clock. I, I think those are both really great ideas and um, it kind of ring true for me for things that would actually help me. Um, I think to kind of lead into my next question, which is how can women learn to shift that self-talk and the body language and the mental game to be more confident? Um, how does it make them feel more in control and calm ultimately? Uh, so I, I'll start with the word confident itself, because that's I call myself a confidence coach. A lot of what I do is helping people with their confidence levels and things like that. And often the first question when we talk about how do you get more confident is to kind of define confidence. Because if you think about it, what is confidence even? We, we know it when we see it. We know it when we hear it. We even know it when we feel it. But it's weird because we've most people have really never thought about, well, how do you, what is it? What does it look like? What does it sound like? Because it doesn't look the same with everybody. It doesn't sound the same with everyone. It probably feels close to the same with all of us. But, you know, the idea of confidence um, in my mind is, is as simple as being comfortable with yourself and being in control of you. Yeah. When we're in control of ourselves, confidence just happens. It exudes. Um, we can be in a place where we can think differently. We can speak about things. We can listen. We're calm. Uh, it, so being comfortable with ourselves and, and the question then becomes, well, how do you do that? Because most people, again, are not always comfortable with themselves mm -hmm. uh, for so many reasons, you know, whether, you know, we've been told things our entire lives or or not even our entire lives. Somebody, this is weird to think about. Sometimes somebody says something to you like 10 years ago and then you say <laughs> it to yourself for the next 10 years. Mm. The things we choose to hold on to, isn't that strange to think about? Um, uh, you know, or we, we always say things like, you know, I can't do that or I'm not good at that. <clears throat> and in reality, that's what you do for a living. You're good at that. Everyone who's ever seen you do it would tell you, no, you do it. That's why we pay you to do that. We like how you do it, but we don't give ourselves the benefit of that doubt. Um, and sometimes, you know, like imposter syndrome is a well-known thing that, you know, all of a sudden I have reached a certain limit and I have done a good job and I know I've done what needs to get there, but then we begin questioning, but do I really belong here? Yeah. Other people might be as good or better than me at this. Am I the one to be leading this, to be doing this, to be saying this? And so, you know, that again, it's mostly that self-talk kind of comes at us from all these different places and, and sometimes bombards us. But so when we think about how do you get more comfortable with you, uh, a, a couple of things are really imperative. One is and and. I'll pause for a moment for everybody to take this in for a moment because it's going to kind of be like one of those, what? You've got to stop look, listening to everybody else. Stop listening to everyone's opinions. Stop listening to what everyone thinks you should or shouldn't do. Stop listening to what everyone else is telling you to do. Because other people's opinions don't matter as much as yours. Your confidence, your calmness, your being in or out of control is always going to stem from where are you with yourself? When we start listening to everybody else and what everyone's opinions are, and if you talk to 10 people, you're going to get 10 opinions. You've got to be able to, to, again, give yourself permission to sit back and go, I don't care what anyone else thinks. 
I need to get some clarity on me. What do I like? What do I not like? What do I do well? What do I not do well? And have kind of this awareness session with yourself that is honest, non-judgmental. But number one thing, just stop listening to people. Yeah. It is so easy to get caught up in that and it will never, ever, ever serve you well. Once you get that clarity for yourself and you're honest with yourself about it and you start to just own it, it's really easy to validate or invalidate what every single person is saying to you. Because then you either listen and you go, you know what, you're absolutely right. I do that. Thank you. That's great feedback. And I'm going to take it and go do something with it. Or you go, thank you. And you walk out of the room and go, they have no clue what they're talking about. So I'm going to leave that in the room with them. I'm not even going to pick it up like that cup, right? It's completely invalid. So a way to kind of start practicing that, because again, that's for a lot of people, we, we, we care about what other people think. Yeah. Again, it is what it is. And there are, there are reasons that aren't all negative for why we do that. Again, we want to show up a certain way. We want people to listen to us, to see us, to, to like us, to think we're adding value. We want all that to happen. But the way we do that is not to listen to everybody else and do all of those things. It's to sit back and truly figure out who you are and be honest with yourself. There are a ton of things I do not do well at all. And you have got to be the first person to say, I really suck at that. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because this is what I do really well. So here's where I'm where I'm putting my attention and my focus and my time and my energy. Yeah. I can, I'm gonna get somebody else who's so much better at this than me. And I'm okay with that. That doesn't have to knock my self-worth or my self-esteem. So, you know, with that self-talk and even out loud, because it's it's cathartic sometimes to say some of these things from our head out loud as we're listening to ourselves. Sometimes when we hear our voice say it, we go, that sounds ridiculous now that I say that out loud. So it's okay to talk to yourself and hear yourself talking. Um, it's, it's actually a very powerful thing sometimes. Don't do it in the middle of the meeting or class, but you know, when you're at home later, <laughs> stay <laughs> yeah. in the kitchen by yourself, drinking whatever, it's, you know, you can have that conversation because quickly when we hear the things that are in our head, we realize that if someone else said that to us, there'd be a fight. We would not allow someone to say to me what I say to myself sometimes. And yeah. so when you hear it out loud, you're much more willing to stand up a little bit for yourself and to kind of disagree or say that's not valid or that's not the whole story. And that little thing to do as a practice will quickly begin to help you, again, stand up for yourself more. Because until we're honest with ourselves and we are willing to stand up for ourselves, nobody else's opinions are going to actually have value to us. Because yeah. things like feedback are, are a gift. But if I'm not ready for feedback or I don't think there's a problem, I'm going to miss that gift. I'm never going to open it. Um, and I'll miss opportunities to grow or to maybe solve a problem I'm struggling with. Um, or to simply just take another step forward towards something I'm I'm wanting to. Yeah, that's so true. A lot of what you're saying rings true for me, um, like with getting these messages from other people and that kind of shaping how you see yourself. Um, ever since I was young, I was I was a quiet kid. I was pretty introverted. But people kept telling me, oh, you're really shy. You're afraid to talk to people. And I think the more I heard that message from like teachers and from my 
from my family and from classmates, the more it became true, I actually became more shy as people kept telling me that I was shy. And then I, I kind of let that hold me back. And I thought, oh, I'm too shy to have certain careers or to do certain things or to make friends in a certain way. And um, it wasn't until I got older that I started to kind of let go of that idea that I'm shy. Um, I think maybe a turning point was when I was 18 and I got a, a job at a grocery store. I was a cashier. And I, I was a very people-facing job. And I started to realize I'm not really that shy. Like, I'm perfectly comfortable talking to people and I started to think maybe what I've been hearing my whole life isn't quite true maybe I'm not as shy as people think I am and it you know it took years of kind of um letting go of that that vision of myself but once I did I, I feel a lot more confident in who I am and more comfortable with who I am too yeah Amanda what a, thanks for sharing what a great example and again it's that partly cloudy partly sunny thing people say things like you're shy but if one person had said Wow, you're really quiet, Amanda. I bet you're a great listener. Yeah. That's a great skill to have. Again, that changes everything because if I'm the one always talking and being an extrovert, I'm probably not listening as much as the introvert in the corner who's shy, who's taking it all in. And that listening is a skill. So again, partly cloudy, partly sunny. And I would encourage anybody listening, kind of rethink things in your life that you believe about yourself and, and ask yourself, you know, when, where did that come from? No judgment, just awareness. Huh, where did that come from? What's the flip side of that? If I'm this, I'm also this. And what positive thing goes along with that? Or what skill that, that people who aren't shy don't have, for example, that you possess because of, of a personality trait, or I'm just not the one that necessarily needs to jump in um, whatever the reason, kind of deconstruct the things you believe about yourself. Deconstruct them because we never do that. We just kind of accept them. Or Amanda, like you said, at some point we realize, wait, that's not the whole story. Mm -hmm. Deconstruct yeah. what you think about yourself and what you believe, and you will find some gold mines. I, it's amazing what when we really start to kind of think about that stuff. And if if you're having a challenge doing that for yourself because it's not always easy to be honest or to be able to see those things for ourselves. Go find somebody who's a friend or someone you've known forever or a family member who knows you and, and say, be honest with me, who am I? And they <laughs> will tell you things, it'll blow your mind because they'll tell you things that you're like, really, I am? Really, you think that? Wait, everybody knows that? What? It takes other people sometimes to help us figure out who we are when we're not willing or able to really be direct and honest with ourselves. Deconstruct. There, there's a, a neat exercise that sometimes if I'm doing a workshop, um, I'll do called three words. And what it is, is you pair people up. And if you're in a room where people know each other, um, it's great. But if you're in a room where people don't know you or know, know each other as well, it's it's equally as, as helpful. But basically, it's you pair up with somebody, you go off and you have to be together for three minutes and just have a conversation. If you don't know the person at the end of three minutes, we ask you to write three words. What are the three words that you would use to describe this person? Write them for each other and then share them with each other and have a conversation about that. If you know the people, you can still have that conversation or don't even have the conversation. Just write three words you would use to describe that person and share them with each other. 99% of the time, the result is with both of those groups. Really? Me? <laughs> you 
think that? You think I'm funny. You think I'm calm. You think I'm shy. You think I'm whatever. And what happens is almost every time the other person sees what they perceive are positive traits in people. And interestingly enough, the reason those things are shocking to us sometimes is because our first things that we think of ourselves or words we would use to describe, we look at the things that are not the most positive traits. We look at the challenges. And so, again, other people's perspective can sometimes help. And then you can look at it and go, huh, that's valid or not. So it's a two way street. There are ways other people can help and hurt. There are ways that we can help and hurt ourselves. What things serve you and what things don't serve you? Figure those things out for yourself and don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Um, That's why so many times when somebody says to us, you're really good at that or you did a great job, we often respond not with, thank you, I think I did too. We don't do that. We go, really, you think so? And then we find something that we didn't like about it. I thought it was a little dry or slow or people weren't really paying attention. We start to completely deconstruct it in a bad way again. Yeah. So. No, I, I, that is such great advice. And I think it's the perfect way uh, to close out today um, with this. And, you know, so because everyone can sort of do this today, you know, take that time um, to go for a walk, you know, and let your mind wander and, and try to deconstruct things on your own. Or if you need to, you know, reach out to a trusted friend or family member, um, you know, a really close peer that you can, you know, do the same thing, whether it's having a, a virtual coffee or um, you've got your vaccinations and you can do an in-person coffee, uh, whatever it is, so that uh, you can do that today for yourself. Um, Robin, this has been such a great conversation. I so appreciate everything you brought to the table. Um, I we, we we went on such a wide variety of topics. I mean, even talking about, I mean, you know, the imposter syndrome and how we the the thought distortions that we have. And I know that we've done a lot of work on that and have a course that we offer for that. Um, but it's just everything that you're talking about is and sharing how women can learn a new forms of self-talk um, to get out of their own way and become more confident. I mean, this has been inspiring. So I know our listeners are going to want to know where they can find out more about you. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, an easy place where you can pretty much figure out all the other places where you can find me online that work for you is my website, which is robinjsax.com. And a lot of free articles, free videos on, on tons of topics, all of the things we've talked about today um, are on there. So hop on, enjoy if it resonates with you and you're looking to, to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn daily, so I'm very active there. You can reach out to me anytime there uh, or connect. Feel free, connect, follow, um, reach out if there's a specific question or anything. Uh, please don't hesitate if there's something I can help you and, and add value with. No question. Uh, that's that's wonderful. And this has been such a great discussion for everyone. Thank you again, Robin, Amanda. Um, and for everyone out there, if you have ideas or um, thoughts you'd like to share, please leave us a comment. Um, we do love to hear from you. And if you have a question or, or a topic you'd like to suggest, you can email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. And like Robin, to uh, leverage all of the free assets that we provide, the videos, the webinars, uh, great shows like this. Um, you can sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petitequeen.com. And we want to thank everyone who joined us today for listening. And again, um, 
Robin, thank you so much. Amanda, uh, it was has been just a great conversation. Thank you. Well, Lynn, Amanda, again, thank you for your time and, and again, the opportunity to share some good things. All right. Thank you. Thank you.